Let's go get a national perspective on the Lions and Jamison Williams' story and look at the NFL's hard line on gambling. I see why they do it. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, national uh, NFL insider columnist. He's standing by here on the huge show across Michigan. Welcome back, Frank. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, uh, I guess I'm. it's the understatement of the year. I was shocked when I saw that tweet from the Lions and uh, announcing it right around 1130 this morning. And uh, Jamison Williams reportedly gambling on college football games on team property. Uh, you had Cephas and Moore uh, gambling on the NFL, not on the Lions. They're suspended indefinitely like Ridley from last year. Uh, the NFL's hard line on gambling, especially now with their partnerships with sports betting apps and sports books, wherever sports betting is legal in America, why, why are they so restrictive? Just a question I'm asking you about keeping it off of team property. What's the number one reason? I, I honestly don't get the whole Jamison Williams. The, the guys got the six games. The, you know, I mean, we're talking about a league that has a sports book in an NFL stadium right now, the Washington Commanders, first of its kind, they voted in March to let that sports book and any others like it be functional on game day. You can work on get, you know, they can be operating on game day. So it's such a weird line to me to be like, you can't make a bet on a non NFL event on league property. Like, what are we doing here? Like that, that seems to be draconian to me. But on the other hand, whatever the rules are, the rules are. These guys got to know better. Like, what are they doing? Like, I mean, it's just it's just dumb. To, you couldn't wait to put that five hundred bucks on you know Michigan over Michigan State until you got home. Like, what are you doing? Like, I really, really just bad decisions. But yes, I think the NFL suspending those guys for that really makes me shake my head. I totally get why they put the hammer down on guys who bet on NFL games. Like, you just have to. Like, this is, I mean, you know, all the way back to the Black Sox. I mean, it's, we know that the optics of players betting on games. Like, it is, it's always going to be the worst, the worst thing that the NFL could have happen is finding out there's an actual fix of games. People out there, ridiculous people, think that the NFL's already rigged. If they had actual evidence that it was rigged, then, I mean, you're, you're putting your whole business at risk, really, if the games aren't on the up and up. So that's why they have to come down. Don't, don't, please don't stop tweeting about Deshaun Watson. Like, it's just, it's just, it's disingenuous to compare the two. We know why these guys have to get suspended, why they do for gambling, it's in yes, of course the NFL is in business now with partnerships with sports books, but they have to have these rules. These are the rules players have to follow them. They've been communicated. I have rules of my work. Everybody listening has rules of their work. May not agree with all of them, but you realize a guy like Quentin Cephas, a University of Wisconsin guy, I've been following his career a long time. Don't bet on NFL game. What are you doing? You're throwing away your career, and for what reason? So. Yeah, there's just there's good reasons these you know rules are in effect for the NFL, and just the problem with the NFL is now that they're in business with sports betting companies, it's just this horrible optics of of the hypocrisy they have. It'll be interesting off of this story because uh, it's really one of the first gamble well, Ridley was to begin with, and and you get another one how the NFL might look at their partnerships. 
uh, with sports betting operations. Or on the flip side, the Players Association off of this, okay, we understand what the rules were, but what if we went to only NFL games uh, uh, were off limits and the guys could bet on an app just like they can listen to music or do whatever on team property? I'll be curious if the Players Association would uh, ever push for that. Yeah, and I, I mean, on the flip side, I, I guess the the question f- uh, for that is, what's the upside for the union to fight for that? I mean, it, right. it's just not a good look. It's it's really like, oh, we want we want to allow our players to bet on NBA games when they're in the locker room. Well, I mean, again, we take you home, guys. Like it's fine. Like it, it you, know, you, know, you just gotta think ahead a little bit, you know. Um, I, but that that, that rule's ridiculous to me. But it, it's a rule again, like. These guys got to be smarter. Right? They just do. Like, you can't make these decisions. Calvin Ridley can't make the decision to go play fifteen hundred dollars in parlays. I mean, you're you're putting your whole career at risk, really, when you're doing stuff like that. So, again, the rules are in place for a reason. I get why the rules are there. I don't agree with all of them. I think some of them are dumb, but I do get the thought process behind them. And and the fact that the NFL is taking money from sports betting companies really doesn't change that, honestly. Like I, I know people try to make the comparison, but it's 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 kind of apples and oranges. It's you know, I mean, the, the, yes, the NFL is going to, and you know, they brought. I just wrote about this. The NFL brought this on itself. They didn't have to get involved with any sports betting companies. They didn't have to do these partnerships. They didn't have to allow sports books inside stadiums and allow those sports books to operate on game day. These are choices they made. The consequences for their choices are when something like this happens, they're going to get dragged. They're going to get dunked on all day. And I, I have a tough time defending them. Like You brought this on yourself. You could have just let it be. Like, you're making $18 billion a year already. What's what's the point in trying to drag that to 19 Or and I don't even think it's that much. I, I, I wonder how much you're actually making from these sports betting partnerships. And if they're sitting there today saying, is this worth it? All this negative publicity? Because if these guys get suspended and they're not in all these partnerships and sports books and stadiums and all that, they can, with a straight face, say, look, we never encouraged any of this. These are just rogue guys going along, doing stupid things, breaking our rules. It makes it harder when you are, you know, your broadcasts have a ton of sports betting stuff. There's Every team seems to have a sports betting partnership now. If you just stay away from that because you just don't, you resist that revenue stream and you don't get greedy, you can maintain a distance and say, this isn't our doing. These guys are just, just doing stupid things. I wonder, and I, I mentioned that uh, to a point when we started, and Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL columnist, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. I wonder if they will sit back and reevaluate how much they're making off these partnerships and is it worth it and step away from it. That, that, that will be interesting to see. And I get why they ban the gambling. Just taking away the risk of someone on a betting app in a locker room, in a clubhouse, uh, off the ice, in the NHL, just wherever it is, somebody having the access to inside information or the ability to throw a game because they're hearing something or they've seen something. I'm talking about somebody on the inside because this report that I read from ESPN even says some Lions organizational members uh, reportedly were let go because they were gambling uh, on property. And yeah, I get it too. I, I I disagree with it, but I do. I, I get the 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 spirit of, the, of that rule, and like for the exact reasons you said, 
But the other part of this is everybody's like trying to put two and two together of, oh, sports betting became legal with the two, I think it was 2018 when the Supreme Court, maybe it's 2017, the Supreme Court ruling saying states could decide whether to make sports betting legal. And now we have these cases that have just, as somebody said, it's commonplace now. It's not, it's not commonplace. There have been five players. Like the NFL employs more than 1,700 players. Five players over the last five years have been stupid and gotten busted for this. So it's not a widespread thing, but you don't want to make it a widespread thing either. And the thing is that, that people don't think about is, do we really think the players weren't betting on sports or doing it on property or using inside information to pass along whatever information to somebody they knew before all this? It pretty clearly did happen. The difference now is there's, there's safeguards in place. Calvert Ridley got busted because Hard Rock, I believe it was Hard Rock Sportsbook in Florida, basically flagged his uh, you know his uh, account because they knew he Calvin Ridley he plays a receiver for the Atlanta Falcons at the time that's what happens with legal sports betting that's why back in the 1990s the Arizona State college basketball scandal was busted because legal places in Nevada said this is weird let's look into this FBI and the FBI said sure when everything's illegal and in the shadows you don't get that <laughs> you don't get whistleblowers from illegal bookies so let's take a step back and realize that this probably was happening a long time before it's just now like it's it's out in the open so you you got you can't get away with it anymore i mean this is this is the good actual good side of sports betting that this stuff isn't just happening in the shadows anymore yeah that's a good point you would think some nefarious bookie could could become a bookie and athletes and high-profile celebrities would bet through him or his syndicate and they could and they're never going to turn on these people and they all get just a, a transactional way of doing it I because here's what I don't get okay if you're Jameson Williams and reportedly you're going to lose seven million and guaranteed money by missing the six games. So obviously it wasn't worth it. And the flags that are out there, I read something where all the names of all the athletes of all the leagues are put into a database and the sports betting apps all have, you know, you sign something when you, Mm -hmm. you know, your location is pinpointed because they need to do that because of it's not universal and some states have it, some states don't. But tell me why you want, you know, have a family member have the app and you throw them some money, some cash they put in their account, right? Yeah, we acted like this doesn't happen. Like, of course it does. Yeah, but but I'm, I'm saying I'm not planning on how to how to throw a game. But if you wanted to oh, wager yeah, yeah. on college football or March Madness or the NBA or right. NHL playoffs, right. why wouldn't you have a family member uh, that you trust? Somebody, hey, open up a DraftKings app, and I'm gonna I, I want to bet a thousand bucks on the Final Four this weekend, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's honestly, and again, this is not a commonplace thing. This is not an everyday occurrence. These are five dudes, the dude, the five who have gotten at least a year, who have been found to be betting on NFL stuff, or the other guys today who got. They're just making dumb decisions. Like you can't, the NFL can't regulate that out. Like no matter what happens, these guys are going to make dumb decisions. You're right. Like. I mean, we have to assume that 
there's a guys who use inside information for whatever thing, or just have people bet for you. Like this is just happens. I'm positive of it. I, I, I don't know of it firsthand, but it just it, just thinking about this logically, this probably has happened through the years where a guy calls his cousin and says, "Hey, could you get me down for you know whatever on uh, even you know using Florida Atlantic and the Elite Eight, whatever it is." So I mean, it's the people now. It's kind of naive for people now to be like, "Oh, the NFL embracing sports betting is why these guys are doing this." No, it's why they're getting caught. It's because it's legal now. Like you said, everybody's in the database. You have to give. Uh, <laughs> you have to give. You know, all your information, people out there in Michigan have signed up for sports betting apps, social security number, birthday, full name, all that kind of stuff. So you're already there. Like you, you, you're, you're putting yourself out there. You have to. And that means there's safeguards in place now to make sure a Kelvin Ridley can't just be betting on NFL games and get away with it. How about in China? Just within the recent week, uh, two teams were thrown out of the Chinese pro basketball playoffs for alleged uh, match fixing or game fixing, as we would say here wow. in the states, in their first series, that you know, and they showed some of the video I watched. Oh my God, it was so obvious. And you know, with the billions, and I'm talking with a B. I think I've read something about the evolution of uh, the sports gambling apps and the billions it's added. You know, there's cheating out there somewhere, someplace, in some sports, if not all. Uh, when there's money on the line, yeah, I, there there's cheating. And which you you brought up the Arizona State point shaving scandal in college hoops, which by the way, uh, on Netflix was an unbelievable uh, docu series. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It's great. I, I mean. Look, I'm sure it does, but I mean, to the extent that it does happen, I think it's overstated by people. NFL guys who, you know, James Williams, great example, a guy who is looking at a career where he could make eight figures. He's not throwing games for, I mean, if you, you know, people act like you could just step up to a sports book and bet $2 million. No, you really can't. Like, this is not what happens. Like, there's limits, and some people have their limits lifted, but you, you, you kind of have to... The sports books know who you are before they're like, okay, you can bet more than $20,000 on this game or whatever their limits are in-house. So it's it, it, it doesn't make logical sense that these pro athletes with their entire careers in front of them are like... Sure, I'll throw a game for five thousand bucks. Like, come on, like that. I don't think that happens often. Now, college kids, I would argue that probably does happen. Like, I mean, it's just you just think about it. It's you're more vulnerable. You don't have any real money. I mean, NIL changed that a little bit, but you could see a college basketball kid. Oh, all I got to do is miss some free throws. You know, I mean, but. But I just think, and it just kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation with why does the NFL kind of hammer these guys so hard? It's your 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 putting an example out there for everybody. You, you want to screw around with your career, Jameson Williams? All right, play a parlay from the Lions locker room. You're going to lose $7 bucks. The next guy's going to look at that and say, whoa, they're, they mean business about this. I'm going to be a little bit smarter. Maybe I'm going to review these rules again before I, I do something stupid. Yeah, speaking of stupid, I was reading that the Chinese Basketball Association, their pro league story that – one of the teams had five consecutive turnovers in the last minute to lose. Uh, they were up. They were up for, and they had five consecutive turnovers. And get this, uh, you know, and Yao Ming, the former NBA star, is the Chinese Basketball Association uh, president. Uh, they suspended. They banned a coach for five years, the GM for five year for three years, and the opposing. 
uh, GM got five years and the coach banned for three years. Wow. Wow, wow. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that, actually. And, I mean, that's the thing, especially in a sport like basketball, we all, I mean, watch again, people who have Netflix and haven't seen that, I think it's called Bad Sport, but it's a series. Like, Fantastic. Arizona one. The Arizona State one is, is really interesting because you can get a good feel of how easy it is to basically miss a couple free throws, throw a ball away here in the, you know, there's 10 minutes left. You don't have to be obvious, like turning it over five straight times. There are ways for, you know, I mean, high-profile college players who touch the ball a lot to make a play here, make a play there, make sure you you win by six instead of 12. Uh, so I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It, it does, I'm sure. I just don't think it's as rampant as everybody thinks. I mean, it's also some stat that, like, 42% of people think the NFL is rigged. It's like, come on, people. Let's think about this a little bit. I don't think it happens as much as people think on that level. I'm not saying it never does, but I think I think pro athletes are smart enough to realize, you know, I mean, the investment they make in their own careers to get to that point is worth far more than throwing a game over a few thousand bucks. Yeah, by the way, the uh, funny thing about the uh, match-fixing, game-fixing scandal in Chinese professional basketball is that the team is up four uh, with a minute to go. They have five consecutive turnovers, and their coach <laughs> neglected to call a timeout. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. Could you, they got like five-year and three-year bans, and I wonder any of the players involved. It wouldn't surprise me uh, what players were involved uh, if they won't receive suspensions down the road. It's there, man. And you know what? I, I think Jameson Williams... It's on him. It's his mistake. He knew the rules. He's going to take a $7 million hit, uh, just like Ridley lost millions, and hopefully he learns a lesson. I I wonder, though, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you this. The impact, uh, because William, uh, and again, he was coming back from the knee injury. He had a few highlight reel plays, but the Lions went 8-2 and without him. It's not like they're losing golf to point shaving, right? Right, I, and I think that that's fair. I mean, look, if if and I hate to make this comparison, but like if uh, Jamison Williams sprained his MCL in the final preseason game, and they were like, "Okay, he's going to miss six weeks," we wouldn't be like, "Oh God, the Lions can't win a division anymore." We'd be like, "Oh, that that's a setback for them, but they'll be fine." I I think it will be. Nor you wanted Jamison Williams in your lineup because he adds a dimension that 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 is pretty rare with his speed and game making playmaking ability, but. Yeah, it, it, injuries happen. You, you, you're going to lose guys for six weeks. This isn't an injury, obviously. But it's almost, in that case, better. He's not working back from a knee that's going to hamper him all season. It stinks to lose a guy six weeks. Maybe it does cost him a game just because, you know, he could have made that one play that swings right. a competitive game against the Packers or something. But, no, I, I've seen people like, oh, my God, Lions are just a lot. It, it's not ideal, but I think Lions are going to be just fine. And whatever they were going to be this season, they'll be even with Jameson Williams missing six games. Yeah, I said possibly a game or two where you'll see at the end. I, I will say if they struggle for six games without him, you know, he'll be public enemy number one, but we'll see how it shakes yeah. out. Frank, I really appreciate the conversation on uh, the NFL, the Williams story, and gambling. Thank you. Yep, absolutely appreciate it.